Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is AEW Weekly. I'm Dr. Doctor. I'm Dr. Damian Gibson, and joining me, as always, is the man who only deals in the world of kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe. How do you do, losers? <laughs> I'm actually going to turn face at some point in the next couple of weeks. I thought it might be today. It's not going to no, be. It doesn't today. seem like it, uh, but it's going to happen. Well, look, I'm always on. I'm always on team face, brother friends. You know that you can, unless it, unless the bad boy is concerned. Unless you like the bad boy, then you probably hate me. But they probably do because you know the people that listen to this podcast are absolute sort of inbred intellectual morons. And like, I take an hour out of my proust reading time to be here. You know what? Like, the, I was going to say stop doing that. We're getting new listeners all the time. But then it was like there has actually been a correlation between more listeners and you negging them. So, I don't know. I feel like maybe we should keep this up. <laughs> why Why are you listening to this? You should be out reading John Banville and David Foster Wallace and, you know, actually expanding your minds. God. Sorry, I'm just sick of the ignorance of our listeners. Well, uh, on that <laughs> on that note, I thought we could do something slightly different that we haven't really done in the past. We usually just sort of get straight into Dynamite and talk about how much we love it. <laughs> but well, I mean, Dynamite opened with a promo, not a match, so uh, we can we can also do yeah, something. Yeah, I thought slightly we could different. do something relatively similar. Um, so there was a lot of gloating from uh, NXT fanboys, and yes, there still seems to be some out there. Um, me personally, I don't, I don't like hating on NXT, but there's been a lot that has sort of happened recently that has kind of forced my hand on that. They, for anyone who doesn't know, they essentially gave away a free pay per view again. So they've started reactive booking towards a Dynamite again and used. An old WCW uh, IP in Halloween Havoc to get eyes on on their show this week, and not only did they do Halloween Havoc, to be fair, they did spin the wheel, make the deal, which is the best. Like, if you are the kind of person that would uh, be able to mentally throw back to Vader versus Sting on a spin the wheel, make the deal uh, Texas Death Match. Uh, no, sorry, what am I saying? Vader versus Cactus Jack. Uh, it's like one of the all-time greatest matches, and it happened at Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, uh, Halloween Havoc, I think, 93, 92, 93. Um, there has been other less good uh, Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal matches, but that it's, it's cool to see them doing this old WCW stuff. I, now, I didn't watch NXT because I respect myself too much, but... Uh, well, they won. They won the ratings war uh, by about ninety three thousand viewers. Having said that, to be fair to them, that has actually given them an additional about three, almost four thousand viewers on their ratings for the week before. So it's obviously mm. working when they do it. But I just, I suppose the reason why I wanted to bring it up is how long can Hunter and Sean keep doing this before they completely destroy their own product? And just before I let you answer that, when they have done this in the past, they have had huge ratings for the actual pay-per-view events, and then it has dramatically dropped off the next week or the week after 
because they have essentially blown up all the storylines that they had bubbling away. Um, so I'm just kind of interested to see like whether you've thought about it at all or what your thoughts are about where NXT are at right now in relation to Dynamite. Well, I looked like I did. I did read the spoilers, um, and or not not even the spoilers, just the Bleacher Report sort of run through, uh, and it was an all right card. Um, they don't have very much exciting going on, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, whatever Johnny Gargano is doing, and these people are not not particularly exciting at this point. Um, Obviously, maybe this Pat McAfee thing means a bit more to people in America than it does to to guys in Australia. Um, but I think the while both shows are on Wednesday night, there's a against each other. There's probably a pretty hard limit of about a million maximum um, that they're going to hit, and like so. That's I assume WWE's view is that well, we just keep NXT here and a couple of hundred thousand people or, you know, 600,000 people are going to always watch that and not be watching AEW, um, which is lame for NXT because now their storylines suck a lot more and they used to be great. Like, you know, I, I'm all about, like, I think, like, you know, bringing back uh, Halloween Havoc in a way that is actually cool is good. Like, you know, I think if they're, like, you know, bringing back sin and greed and, the Big Bang. Um, I don't believe the Big Bang ever actually happened, uh, unfortunately. But um, you know, like, why not? Why not have Wrestle War and Capital Combat and I don't know, New Blood Rising? Maybe not New Blood Rising. It'd be particularly. Uh, <laughs> but it is. It is weird um, that they did this and then. AEW also had Eric Bischoff on their show. Yeah, which we will get um, to, but it was kind of interesting to to see Eric on Dynamite. I, I just like Sorry man, you go. Uh I mean I'm always happy to see Easy E. That's a that's a big big win from me. Oh, for sure. I, I But what do you th- what do you think uh, about the ratings? I just well, I mean, it, it, like, it's interesting for me that for someone who initially was like, hey, like, why can't we all just get along? You know, like, good wrestling is good wrestling. And if it means more people are watching wrestling, great. You know, in a year, I've gone from that to fuck WWE. You know, I like it's it's such dirty pull, you know, in the sense of like, what is it? I'm kind of in two minds. There's part of me that's like, what does it matter if AEW have a million viewers each week to you? You know, like why, you know, it's, Mm. you're, you're so petty and so terrified of any competition that you are trying to kill this uh, competitor, which, you know, I mean, AEW have taken some pot shots and stuff so that you can't, they're not angels, but ultimately AEW and Tony Khan's stance has been like, well, we don't, we're not in competition with WWE. We don't see ourselves as in competition with them. We're just doing our own thing over here, blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, they do have a character that literally is based on Vince McMahon and every time they debut a character, they debut them by making a series of pot shots at WWE. It's not like NXT's like, you know, oh, look, the minor leagues on the other show, whereas this definitely does have the... 1995 WCW vibes sometimes. Yeah, definitely. But I think a lot of that with the wrestlers is it's just them working out some post-traumatic stress disorder, you know what I mean? Um, It was interesting to hear Brody Lee on AEW Unrestricted this week talk about how he didn't like those Vince McMahon promos initially and really fought to try and get away from it as quickly as he could. So it's, it would be interesting to know where that was coming from if it wasn't coming from him, you know. Mm. Well, I didn't like them either, so that's good that uh, we at least yeah, agree same. on that one thing. I just thought it was petty kind of, and it just didn't it didn't help AEW's cause at all. My only other thought is that they're really worried. I mean, my gut feeling in relation to all of this is that WWE has a stink about it. 
you know, like that I genuinely in a year or two's time, I could see AEW, if things keep going the way they are, overtaking them as the number one uh, promotion in America. I mean... I mean, AEW drew what seven hundred thousand people watching them. Yeah, about yeah seven hundred and eighty, I think, and it was eight fifty for NXT. And I just looked up the the Raw's rating last week was one point seven million. Like, I don't think there's another million people or more than a million people that are going to jump from Raw to AEW conceivably at the moment. Like, there are certain things that could get them there. But, like, you know, I don't think if, if John Cena debuted on AEW, I don't think they'd be they'd get a million more viewers. Oh, I think they'd, I th- they'd... If John Cena was on there, maybe. I don't know. Is he that much of a rating straw? Like, maybe if The Rock did. But, like, it's still, it's a lot of people. It is. I just mean in the sense of, like, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but in 12 months my thought process has gone from like, oh, yeah, like WWE can be a bit dodgy to they're a, hor- like they're a horrible organization. And, and you know, we've seen even more evidence of that this week where they've doubled down, tripled down on Twitch and, and you know, whether their talent can use that or not. I mean, it, to me, it feels like a lot of their employment practices are illegal. And I know a lot of people who just tune in and watch Raw and SmackDown don't care about that, but... Ultimately, those decisions have an impact on talent. There's now somewhere else that they can go. Um, And I just think you'll see more and more talent just leave the organization. And it doesn't seem like the people who are in charge care about that. They have this sort of like meatpacking factory mentality of like, well, there's always more wrestlers, but they're, they're not always the most talented wrestlers mm. i don't know if i'm sort of going off on a tangent here but I, I i just have this gut feeling right now that even though AEW lost the ratings this week that ultimately if there is a war that AEW will win it and i don't really have anything to back that up besides just a gut feel AEW needs to lift their game if they're gonna like right you can't just sort of put on these milk toast shows and expect to be like there there are some there was some good stuff on this show there was also you know one of their major storylines involves cody rhodes teaming up with billy and austin gunn yeah like sean spears wrestled a match um every single women's match is a star versus uh someone we've never seen before that the commentators then go how do you prepare for someone with such talent and skill uh, she, this is a real chance, you know. Like, there's, there's a lot of shit that they need to work out before they're going to get anywhere near close. And even their production, like, this is a bad time for wrestling, obviously, because you can't have. And I think AEW would be in a different place if they had, you know, audiences because yeah. people are so loyal to them. But yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have to see. I mean, I'm, conversely, you could make the argument that. It's it's very very difficult to say. Well, AEW needs to put on show better shows when on WWE on Raw, you know, Randy Orton's the champion and they're having a guitar on a pole match next week. Like you can't. Uh, yeah, and that, that's what I'm. If WWE yeah. are allowed to actually heap stinking piles of shit onto television for three hours, then AEW actually doesn't have to get better. I don't know what has to happen. That's the thing. That that was going to be my argument is that, okay, yeah, Dynamite may have not been the best episode this week, but it did set up some pretty interesting angles going into full gear. And it- I know you're into the gun club joining the Nightmare family. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, I I just, you know, things have opened up here a little bit in Melbourne. I actually had a mate round on Thursday night and we watched Dynamite together. And uh, this is a guy who- was into wrestling when we've known each other since we were teenagers, went to high school together and stuff. We were into wrestling at the same time. He went away from it. I came back. He didn't. And in the last 12 months, he, he got into NWA and he liked it because he was like, it just reminds me of old wrestling. And then he watched a bit of Dynamite the other day and he loves Orange Cassidy. 
uh, likes Ricky Starks. I mean, he comes from NWA and stuff. But there was enough there for him to be interested. He was like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching Full Gear, like the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just think if you get enough people to see Dynamite's product or AEW's product, you will get, because there's a lot of people who used to watch wrestling who aren't watching wrestling at all. And I think AEW have a better opportunity to get those people interested than WWE do. That's my thought process. I I, I don't know if I'm, I hope I'm correct. Mm. Well, I hope you are too. Um, well, we should probably get into Dynamite, right? I guess if you want. <laughs> we started off with a promo, uh, MJF and Wardlow being interviewed by Dasha. Um, MJF basically says that if Wardlow wins the uh, the number one contender uh, tournament and therefore the belt, that he, MJF, will end up getting the belt because of the contract between the two of them. Uh, Sammy Guevara comes out. Uh, and basically says, I've had enough of you gaslighting me. I'm going to ruin your chances of joining the inner circle at the town hall later on uh, tonight. There is some really telenovela uh, acting done between the two of them here. Uh, Wardlow goes out for his match and MJF follows him. I, I just want to say, like, I prefer this. This isn't the, you know open to music person walks down to the ring spends 22 minutes and like gets interrupted a bunch which sets up a match for later in the night sort of wwe structure like but having a setting the context for the show in about three minutes and saying hey these things are going to happen and here are the stakes and all that kind of stuff is a really good way to start rather than starting on sort of a cold match um, like sometimes, like you can you can start on a match and it's a big deal and whatever, but it is it is good to sort of set up the structure for your show and what your show is going to be about. It's about the title tournament and about MJF joining the inner circle. Yeah, I think that's good storytelling. Yeah, it was the, it's the opening six panels of every comic book, right? Like, you know, Peter Parker was a teenager. He got bitten by a radioac- radioactive spider. He discovered he's got powers and he decided to become. Spider-Man. All right, let's get into the story. That's essentially what this is. It's like, oh, here are these guys. MJF wants to join the inner circle. You'll find out whether he will or not later on. Well, I mean, I wouldn't know because I don't read picture books. But uh, the uh, you know, it's 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 sort of like the start of Ulysses, I guess, by James Joyce, um, where he sort of sets out what's going to happen. Um, uh, I sort of was hoping you'd interrupt me there so I didn't have to get uh, too deep into a book that I have never yeah, read. Yeah, I was just like, oh, <laughs> this would be interesting. Let's see if if Matt is the one person who's read that book all the way through. <laughs> he's, not, he's not even one of the people who started that book. Neither are our audience. <laughs> Hangman Page beats uh, Wardlow in a match that was pretty good. Um, I, I'm more and more impressed by Wardlow every week. What did you think? Wardlow's kind of good. I kind of like Wardlow. Mm. Me too. Which is definitely not uh, something I expected to be saying. No, he he's... Um, I don't know why. I can't pinpoint... You know, there's nothing in particular in his arsenal in ring. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I love when he does that Hurricane Rana or... You know what I mean? Like, he's just a big, beefy boy that, like, can mm. move around in the ring. Like, an athletic big man, as someone would... So, yeah, he is, and like he, he's enjoyable. Like we've discussed uh, the the Mister Mayhem uh, thing being a bit silly, um, but you know, like maybe maybe at some point soon he's gonna be his own character, and you know, that could be interesting. He um he's quite good in promos and stuff as well. And the promo prior to this, where you know he only has to deliver a couple of lines, but he does it well, and and it's not embarrassing. It's not Lex Luger, you know. He can hold his own on the mic. Yeah, absolutely. He's, I think that is uh, the most backhanded compliment I've ever heard. But yes, he is not Lex Luger. <laughs> He's a lot better than Lex Luger. Sorry, I shouldn't have even mentioned Lex Luger. It's a, uh, can we please rate all wrestlers and if they are as uh, are better, as good, or worse than Lex Luger? So it's an inverted scale. So if you're ten on the Luger scale, it means you're terrible on Mike. Yes, that's right. right. <laughs> well, I think Wardlow's probably at a I don't know a three. Hmm. Such a convoluted scoring system. <laughs> Next up, we've 
No, it barely makes sense to us. Uh, next up, we've got Mox doing a promo about how this uh, this match coming up with Eddie Kingston at Full Gear is personal. What'd you think of this? I thought it was good. I'm just like, I'm so into Eddie Kingston at the moment that like even people talking about, like maybe this is this is what WCW in 95 thought about Hulk Hogan, where it's like, we just got to mention him because people love him so much that like, if they hear his name, they're paying attention. And like, if, if, if someone's saying Eddie Kingston, I'm like, what about him? Like, let's hear more about Eddie Kingston. He's the fucking best. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, he's great and he's in great form at the moment. That promo led into Eddie Kingston making uh, Matt Seidel uh, say, I quit. Um, and uh, Eddie was calling Seidel uh, Mox, which I kind of liked. It fits in with that mm. Mad King, Mad Eddie Kingston he, thing. It's also just like anytime Eddie Kingston has a microphone, I don't think like maybe CM Punk, like you just don't know what he's going to say. And it's it's like the the art of surprise in wrestling doesn't always have to be, oh my god, that's you know whoever from whatever promotion, you know we weren't expecting them to run out or whatever, like it's not all debuts and whatever. Like this was cool, like it was cool to see, like any time he he has the mic, you're like, what the fuck's he gonna say? And I think the uh, the the surprise there is incredible. Yeah, and also in a way where you completely trust him it's not like yes it's not going to be a, a car wreck you're always intrigued to see what he has to say and the way he delivers it and um my mate who is a nwa fan who obviously saw a lot of eddie kingston uh when he saw him walk out it's like jesus someone's been in the gym which is something we haven't really mentioned is that eddie kingston has lost quite a bit of weight and looks like he is putting in a lot of hours in the gym yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we had the Young Bucks and FTR in a promo where Excalibur was interviewing the Young Bucks and FT- FTR and Tully were at another location because they hate each other so much. You can't have them in the same room, Matt. Um, FTR kind of... I, I, in this promo, I kind of sided with FTR. Like, Excalibur's asking the Bucks a whole bunch of questions. FTR say, hey, we're the champions. Will you ask us a question? And then crack it and go, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll see you at full gear. And I was kind of like, mm. yeah. But I am completely biased against the Young Bucks. <laughs> I also just wanted to point out uh, Matt Jackson's uh, Shawn Michaels uh, crucifix diamond studded earring that he's got going on at the moment, which I thought, you know, if I couldn't hate him it's anymore. something. Um, <laughs> that definitely helped. <laughs> uh, the Bucks say that uh, they will. Um, well, they've they've added a stipulation to their match at Full Gear at this dream match uh, that if they lose, they'll never challenge for the belts again. And I have a couple of questions for you, Mister Kayfabe. Are hmm. AEW telegraphing the results of the result of this match by that stipulation, or are they going to split up the Young Bucks? Or the Young Bucks are going to lose and then uh, have some reason why, because they're heels, what reason why uh, they can still challenge for the title because, you know, they they were robbed or whatever. Like, it's like the Cody thing. It's like if you realistically believe that Cody Rhodes is never going to challenge for the AEW World Championship, then either you're a fool or you are, uh, you're a fool. You're just a fool. Um, like, he said it. Yes, but you don't have to trust him in kayfabe. And you can't trust heels. They're heels. They lie. Would you be interested in a storyline where the Bucks were split up? No. I would. I th- I would be into that. I'd be interested in seeing those two. I know, I know the traditional thinking is no one wants to see brothers or tag teams split up and go up against each other. But I don't know. There's just something about... But what do they do after that? <laughs> but what do they do after that? They get, like... they get back together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you you book brother fights. I'm going to uh, say that they're heels and that heels lie and that's okay. Well, we'll see who's correct. 
it, it'll be you. Uh, next up, we <laughs> had the what I well actually there were two there were two things on this show that I think were were neck and neck for the highlight of the show. But we had the uh, MJF essentially pitching himself to the inner circle at a town hall meeting. Uh, <laughs> we have <laughs> we have certain wrestlers come out and ask questions of MJF and Chris Jericho. Uh, the first one, which is Luchasaurus, who asks, uh, what are your financial projections of uh, how will you increase the financial revenue of the inner circle if you join it? Uh, and MJF brings out a patented uh, MJF graph, uh, which just shows that MJF, that the the, uh, the earnings will go through the roof if MJF joins, joins the inner circle. Uh there's a lot here, so stick with me. Uh, Jericho says that MJF turns in, uh, says that if MJF turns on the inner circle, that they'll kill him. Uh, Peter Avalon comes out uh, and asks to join the inner circle. They get a, he gets a resounding no, and I felt really sorry for Peter Avalon. Uh, next up, it's the man, the myth. It's Eric Bischoff, uh, and he kills it, man. He's so good on camera he's so commanding he's got this great voice i you know he uh he comes out and says my question is three pronged you're like ah this is awesome Uh, (laughs) i'm gonna say something that no one else is gonna like but i think they need an authority figure and i think it should be eric bischoff i think it would be sick yeah i don't i don't disagree with that I, I just the only thing that I worry about with that is that like you know, are we are we do a does AEW a hundred percent become WCW <laughs> if you've got Eric Bischoff as general manager and is that necessarily a bad thing maybe not but um, is Kevin Nash under contract is Scott Hall can we get them no no we don't need those two fuckheads ruining our fun time um, no. No, they're fucking cancerous. We don't need them anywhere near AEW. But Eric Bischoff, I'm in. But any of those, anyone else, no. Like, go to NXT and fuck up that show. Um, Eric asks a three-pronged question. He also asks, he essentially asks the same question that Britt Baker had asked previously, which was, what, what, why do you want to join the inner circle? And how are you and Chris not going to kill each other? Um... And uh, MJF starts to get to the point where he asks what he hasn't done to try and show that he's seri- like super serial about wanting to join the inner circle. You know, he's bought them presents. He's like gone to dinner with Chris. He's been super nice and just no one trusts him. Uh, Chris says that uh, the only thing he hasn't done has is beat Jericho and uh, and uh, if he can beat him at full gear, he'll be able to join the inner circle. Uh, MJF warns Chris and says he'll do anything to win. And he means anything. Are we setting up MJF to take over the inner circle here? I don't know. I really don't know where this is going. I really don't know where this is going. But Chris Jericho has had a light face turn lately. Mm. So maybe maybe this is what this this is. That would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting right at the end of this promo to have um, uh, Sammy and um, oh, dude, help, 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 help. Uh, Ortiz. Ortiz, fuck. Um, basically say, we don't like you and we don't want you in the inner circle. And next week we'll have a tag match between ourselves and, and MJF and Wardlow. So then that kind of threw a spanner in the works of my theory of maybe MJF's taking over the inner circle because... These two hate him. <laughs> so, but maybe, I don't know, maybe the inner circle gets split in half and we have inner circle Hollywood and inner circle Wolfpack. Oh, please, please. <laughs> and then we get Kevin Nash and Scott No, Hall. God damn we- it. The more you put it out there, the more you're tempting fate that, you know, we... <laughs> just- Scott Hall is is my third favourite wrestler of all time. And uh, I could, because I live in kayfabe, the last time I saw him was in TNA and he was perfectly fine. And I assume he remains physically great. Didn't we watch the WrestleMania together where they all beat down on Sting? Yeah, we did, unfortunately. Yeah, that was in, that's kayfabe. 
brother brother friend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Forgot about that. <laughs> wow. Whatever whatever was going on in that in the intervening years wasn't good. No. Uh, not that. No, I'm not saying that. Don't write in. I'm not saying that the uh, that F- F- Scott Hall's physical pe- peak was in 2012 TNA. <laughs> I get the feeling that you are. That's what the, I'm getting that vibe. Just think that, like right now, I look worse than he did then. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, down here in Melbourne, we've all been sitting on our arms for six months, so none of us are in peak physical condition. You know, mm. <laughs> true. It's that. It's that's that's the reason I'm not as uh, fit as Scott Hall in his prime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I I really I really enjoyed this. I, I saw a lot of guff this week about the quality of Dynamite. I, I I liked it. I mean, I know there were a couple of little things that were like, oh, but this this promo went. I mean, it went for a while, but I enjoyed every second of it. Uh, like, we literally had a big smile on my face. You know, Eric Eric appearing, MJF so good, Chris is so good, Tony Schiavone t- finally telling MJF to shut up. Um, I don't know. It just felt fun. It just felt like fun, a fun wrestling show doing fun things. I really enjoyed it. I think this probably, like, I felt this went a little bit long, but, uh, like, and I thought this was a pretty, like, standard episode of Dynamite, but that's not a... That's not a uh, insult. Like I do an AEW Dynamite podcast for. No, I know, but uh, like on on Twitter, there was a lot of, and I assume these are probably WWF WWF boys, but um, or girls, uh, but yeah, just like oh, Dynamite was shit, and that's why people were watching Halloween Havoc. I was like, I don't think it. Anyway, hurt my feelings. Uh, Next up, we had Team Taz wanting to know if Will Hobbs is going to join Team Taz and then showed a whole bunch of promos of <laughs> shots of Will Hobbs beating up people from Team Taz. So I'm a little confused as to what's going on there. <laughs> I like Will Hobbs, as we've discussed. Yeah, me too. I, I, I think it would do him good to join Team Taz and I think Team Taz could probably do with one extra person. Agreed. Um, so I kind of hope that that what that is what will happen, but I doubt it. Yeah, well, it'd be nice to hear from Will Hobbs just in general about why he's taking so long. <laughs> it would just once. Uh, next up, we've got the TNT Championship between uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Orange Cassidy. Um. This, again, this was a really good match. Cody and Orange Cassidy have a really good chemistry in the ring. Uh, the Dark Order got involved again. Uh, your favourite man, uh, John Silver. Uh, it's John, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kicked Orange Cassidy uh, in the head. Uh, and then Arn Anderson <laughs> punched uh, Orange Cassidy through the ropes, which allowed Cody Rhodes to get the win. Uh, and then we had a proper WCW brawl uh, with the, all the lumberjacks getting in the ring and everyone getting their 30 seconds of TV time. Um, and Darby Allen was doing his best sting impersonation up in the rafters. Uh, so we've got Cody versus Darby Allen at full gear, which was probably always going to be the case. What did you think of all the booking of this? We are definitely, uh, first of all, getting Sting in AEW. Like, that's definitely happening. Um, He's now not, like, all his shirts and shit are off the WWE website. Um, He's out of contract. Um, I don't think he'll wrestle, but I think, I suspect they'll, he'll pop up. He might wrestle, might do a DDP, who knows. Um, I don't think that Orange Cassidy and Cody have exceptional chemistry in the ring. Hmm. Um, But this was fine. This was fine. I don't like where it's going because I don't like that for some reason the Nightmare family are recruiting people I hate actively and, like, this is, like, to fight the Dark Order. Yeah. But, um, like, if you were Cody Rhodes, your character's this super rich kid uh, you are co-owner of the company and you're like, you know what I need to defeat the Dark Order? Billy Gunn's doofus son. Get him up. Yeah. Uh, 
I, you know I, what? I know that I, this is the seventh reference to that, but it's clearly stuck with me. Well, because no one's interested in them. You know, there, there are still some people on this roster that I, you know, I keep looking at and I'm like, I just, like, I know you're probably mates with, with people. And, and I know um, uh, but, 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 uh, Billy Gunn is a trainer and, and, and helps out, you know, is a producer and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Me personally, I thought I, I was enjoying the match. I thought the ending was kind of interesting. From a fan point of view, I am happy that Orange Cassidy is out of this and hopefully can do yes. something that's not this story. Uh, and I, I yeah. again, hated the fact that Orange Cassidy was used, um, I mean, not as a job or anything like that. And, and, and they booked it in a way where he was protected. I get that. But I want to see Orange Cassidy, like, maybe put him away for a bit so he can come back and go on a tear or or something. At the moment, it just feels it feels a bit stop-start. I know they'll probably have plans for him, um, but, you know, for him to be the sort of B character in a Darby Allen Cody Rhodes story, I think he's better than that. And you could have, you could have used Billy Gunn for mm. this, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I mean, it's not as interesting. It doesn't get as many eyeballs on it if it's... You know, anyway, I didn't hate it. I was surprised that I didn't hate it more than I thought I would with Orange Cassidy losing because I genuinely thought he might win. Uh, <laughs> but, mm. and I would have been really into an Orange Cassidy versus Darby Allen angle, but we're not get we're not getting that. So, yep, yeah, we'll we'll see. Oh, man. Next up, we've got Miro and Kip Sabian beating down the best friends after giving them a Halloween present. Now, I'm not an American or an expert in Halloween, and we're actually recording on Halloween as we speak. Um, But I didn't think that presents was part of the thing. Uh, It might have been one of their birthdays. I don't know. No, they said it was a Halloween gift. It was wrapped in orange wrapping paper. It's... Yeah, look, I can't. It was. I do. I do not. I have never cared less about anything. That was my question in regards to this angle. I, I think this angle is starting to hurt Miro. Um, like we've kind of been yeah. leaning towards that the last couple of weeks. I'm at the point personally where I would just hit the abort button on Kip Sabian and Miro. What happened to the mm. wedding? So this is the thing, right? AEW have, who have they brought in from WWE? They've brought in Chris Jericho, multi-time world champion, who is a AEW world champion. They've brought in John Moxley, former WWE world champion, who's now AEW world champion. They've brought in Brody Lee, uh, lower mid-carder, who is now a mid-carder. Well, they've really, really, you know, risen his stock. Uh FTR, who were tag team, multiple-time tag team champions, who are tag team champions and still, like, a little bit fucking dull. Um, uh, And now Rusev, who's Miro, who was a mid-carder and is in the most mid-card storyline imaginable. Like, is is there a chance that WWE was right about all these people? No. No, I don't... No. Well, I mean... I think Brody Lee, I think he were, was given a hospital handball, to use a very Australian term. Uh, in the like, we've spoken about this before that fans wanted a wanted Matt Hardy to be the leader of Dark Order, and then when Brody Lee came out, yeah. everyone went, "Uh." Um, listening to him on Unrestricted this week, I I get the vibe that um, he he has plans for himself that don't involve the Dark Order. And I would be interested to see that. I think he has upside. Yeah, if he's being Bruiser Brody, he has upside. He doesn't have upside as, like, some dull fucking Vince McMahon evil but it doesn't, Scientologist. Yeah, but it doesn't fella. sound like he is interested in that gimmick and uh, that he wants to kind of shed that skin. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Mm. I, the only thing I can think of with Miro is that they are trying to keep him... Uh, keep their powder dry with him until they can get him in front of 
proper audiences. Well, I don't know if killing his character is the way to keep your powder well, dry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, like, uh, you know, do you give him a kayfabe injury or something, and or just don't debut him? Like, you, it's Tony Khan. He can afford to pay Miro to sit at home for, you know, three months until there's better crowds. Like, it would have like it's just been so lame. Yeah. He's such a major. He's so good. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll just, see what happens. I mean, I assume that these guys are going to have a match at full gear, but um, mm. yeah. Uh, next up, we've got. So I'm. I, I look. I don't like saying this, but um, I was right. Uh, AW and NWA have a working relationship, and I've actually sent tweets to Tony Khan and Billy Corgan, neither of who have gotten back to me. But there has to be some agreement whether official or unofficial, that these two organisations are working together. Now, I know that the counter-argument to that would be NWA are barely an organisation at the moment. They've got about 10 wrestlers on their roster, but they do have some cachet after power and all that kind of thing. So I'm Serena Deeb beat Thunder Rosa during the week to become NWA women's champion, but she is a contracted AEW wrestler. So there is no way that these guys don't have more than just a handshake agreement for Thunder Rosa to be on AEW for a couple of weeks. Like this has moved beyond that and it has to be like NWA Power is going to be the second show. Nick Aldis is showing up at full gear. It's happening. This is not a drill. Nick Aldis is, Matt, don't make that face. It's happening. Uh, You know, we're going to have an NWA invasion. Uh, and I can't wait. Hopefully we can get Dan Severin back. <laughs> uh, just quickly, Serena Deeb won her match this week as well. Um, <laughs> look, th- none of that was in kayfabe and I refuse to uh, respond to any of it. And I, re- I would respect... Um, I would respect you uh, respecting... I would I would appreciate it if you respected my boundaries from now on. Um. Anyway, well, you know, when the NWA come busting in at full gear. Yes, it will be extremely, uh, extremely whelming. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I mean, genuinely, there has to be some sort of an agreement between Billy and Tony Khan that goes beyond Thunder Rosa. But I I was just excited by that. It's cool. It's good to see... Even if it doesn't eventuate to my ridiculous, you know, jokes and stuff, it's good to see organisations not being dickheads and facilitating each other to put on better shows. I just think that's really cool. Yes, I agree with that sentiment. Um, oh, uh, Sean Spears beat VSK uh, and then Scorpio Sky was pulled in the ring by Sean Spears dressed as a bull uh, and... Um, yeah, then ended up body slamming Sean Spears. And, uh, yeah, any thoughts on this? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I do I do love when wrestlers go to a lot of effort to engage in very silly trickery. So, um, like, what, like in, a, in a normal sense, uh, I don't see how Scorpio Sky could have anticip- anticipated that throwing a couple of lollies at Sean Spears would lead to an assault, uh, which would then lead to his uh, unveiling. Like, it's just like, it's such bizarre. But, um, I mean, maybe the throwing lollies at him was enough for Scorpio Sky and he's like, ooh, a special gift. And also it made Tully Blanchard look like it may be the worst manager of all time because he's looking straight at Scorpio Sky going, Watch out, Scorpio Sky's behind you. And then Sean Spears is like, ooh, behind me? Um, but, like, you know, I hate Sean Spears, but I am I think that Scorpio Sky has a massive amount of upside um, and, you know, we'll see. I will say, in, and I know I've been very, very dismissive of uh, SCU. Uh, I mean, Scorpio Sky is obviously the, the, the I think, has the, the most amount of interest for me as a as a fan uh and i mm. did by even though this whole thing was like r- ridiculous 
uh, somehow I walked away from it going, I think I'd like to see Scorpio Sky kick the shit out of Sean Spears. So I think I think this segment was a success, right? I think that that that's a success. <laughs> Sean Spears, for the first time since we've been doing this podcast, has done something where we've both been like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's no more than that. Like, the the reaction was no more excited than, huh. And, I mean, that's the... If you can get that, that's pretty good. Like, the mid-card feud, you know? This is Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually... I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> uh, next up... Um, Penta lost to, to Kenny Omega, which we all knew was going to happen, but... I really, really enjoyed this match. I thought, even if it was a Dynamite that wasn't the strongest, I I think you would have to walk away from this match going, oh, fuck, there is a lot of really good talent in this promotion. Um, And I I love, I love heel Kenny Omega. I get it. I get where everyone's coming from. He's awesome. Um, Even to the point where (laughs) it's completely changed my perspective on his moveset. Um, like I love the one winged angel. It's, I mean, I've, I've always liked Kenny Omega. I've just always been a bit sort of nonplussed. I think that kind of comes with the hype a bit of like, he's the greatest wrestler of all time. And I was a bit like, oh, this guy, (laughs) um, but he's great. Uh, JR was gross again. He just needs to put his shriveled penis back in his pants. Um, you know, you can't just. You can't, you can't just, like, slobber on the mic every time there's an attractive young woman uh, on set. Um, Kenny's new theme rules. I love his new theme. Um, he had the triple... Uh, he had the triple A mega championship to roll up Ray Phoenix. Uh, just little touches like that that made me really enjoy him. And we had, like, a really hard-hitting match that showed the the Japanese style of Kenny Omega and and the Mexican style of Penta and it worked really well in ring together um if you're looking for proper wrestling you know in the sense of like you know dudes hitting each other and making it look like it hurt you couldn't go any further than this match I don't think yeah this was great like who would have thought that Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr. would have an incredible match, but uh, it it was it was great. It was an awesome awesome match, uh, and just a great way to show like this is different to anything you're going to get anywhere else. Mm. What do you think will happen with Page and Omega going forward? Um, I think the most logical outcome would be a very very long match. Uh, that Kenny wins by being a dickhead rather than that Paige loses by Kenny being just better and then Kenny beats Moxley and becomes the champion. As much as like if if it but if Paige wins, then let's hope Eddie Kingston beats Moxley and then Paige can come and be in a feud. Like if 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 you want to have a like good first feud for a face, like Eddie Kingston and the uh and the Dungeon of Doom are pretty good. Yeah, Eddie Kingston and, Adam and, and Hangman Page, I would really be into that. Uh, I don't think we're going to get and that's that. I think we're going to get Omega and Moxley, but I'm de- I'm cool with that as yes. well. I'm really I'm really mm, cool. Agreed. Sorry, man. I would love to see I would love to see Eddie Kingston as a champion. I mean, we kind of say this every time when it comes to Mox putting his championship on the line, and, and maybe we're both a little impatient. I don't know, but it it would. I don't know. It would feel like the right time for me for Mox to drop the the championship. I know he's only had it for yeah. ten months or whatever, but it kind of you know. If he's not going to drop it to Kenny Omega, then I can't. I, like, who the fuck's he going to drop it to? Not Miro or FTR or one of the your dream one of the young bucks. <laughs> uh. I just look. I just love Matt Jackson so much. I think he should get a singles run. You know what I mean. <laughs> So next next week, now he's got that cool earring. He's oh time. God. He's time to be. It's time to rocket strap him, man. <laughs> this, this is out of control. It's the last, the last episode of Wrestle Wars. Oh, what? Um, 
I'm going to personally dox your account. Um, <laughs> no one's coming to Glenroy, man. <laughs> um, so, next week, we've got the inner circle, Sammy Guevara and Ortiz versus MJF and Wardlow. Hmm. You, you'd think that MJF and Wardlow would have to win that, right? Yeah, you'd think so. Um, Miro versus Trent. Oh. Um, Miro? I don't know. Hard to disagree with that one. Uh, Sean Spears versus Scorpio Sky with the the with the battle with it. It's an S on a pole match. Uh, no, but they their initials are both SS. <laughs> uh, you'd say probably Sean Spears would win that, so the program can keep going. Yeah, and the the Damian Gibson Invitational Six Man Tag of Cody and the Gun Club <laughs> versus John Silver, Colt Cabana, and Ten. Jesus Christ! Yeah, is that look forward to that one? Is that genuinely the lineup for next week? That's it. So they really they're really keen to just you know, uh, and Pack is speaking or Park or Pack. It's Pack. Come on, Pac. come on, guys. Um, <laughs> Yes, Pack is Pack is speaking. Um, so they're clearly not keen to beat NXT again. Yeah, um, I mean we've kind of said this in the past though that those when uh, they're usually the episodes that are really good. You know, when we go into them, that's true. Actually, like you know, we're like Jesus, that's a terrible card, and then you know they magically pull out like three promos that just like, oh, this is the greatest episode of all time. <laughs> you know? But we'll say. We'll see. Um, we'll I, see. I think that's pretty much us done, brother friends. Um, I think that's it. We've we've got to go get to a get to an anti-masker protest uh, in the Fitzroy Gardens to you know complain about coronavirus being over in in Victoria. So that'll that's important. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. We we don't see any correlation between the drop of eight hundred cases a day to zero, relating to mandatory mask laws at all. And we'll be going to uh, said gardens to prove our prove our point. So if we're alive next week um, after contracting coronavirus, <laughs> we'll um, we'll be here to do AEW weekly. Uh, we also do. Um, a WCW podcast, you might have heard of it. Uh, it's called Reconsidering Nitro. If you subscribe to our channel, you'll get all of our podcasts. You won't have to worry about when they come out and what day and blah, 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 because it changes every week. But uh, if you subscribe, you'll get all of them. Uh, you can, if you can rate and review us, if you feel like we deserve it, that'd be great. Uh, you can follow us on the socials, trying to be a little more active on there. We are at WrestleWolf on Facebook, WrestleWolf Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a website called WrestleWolf.com called... God, I sound so old. I do that every week. It's called WrestleWolf.com. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's what it is. Go there. Uh, or you can send us an email uh, at WrestleWolfPodcast at gmail.com. But uh, until next time, Pepe is dead, brother friends. Um, if you're in America, vote for Joe Biden. Goodbye.